Welcome to PR After Hours, your weekly cocktail of news and interviews with leading thinkers in PR, marketing, and business. So pull up a chair in our virtual lounge. Your host, Alex Greenwood, will be right back after this. Is your story reaching the right ears? Or is it just another whisper in the wind? In the symphony of the marketplace, your narrative should sing. Alex Greenwood, a maestro of messaging with over three decades of expertise, is ready to conduct your story to new heights. From navigating the nuances of public relations to authoring novels that capture the imagination and producing podcasts that speak volumes, Alex crafts narratives that resonate and yield results. Turn the page to a new chapter. Let Alex Greenwood orchestrate your story to captivate, engage, and inspire. Step into the spotlight. Visit alexgpr.com or contact him through this podcast today, and let's start a conversation that matters. Ladies and gentlemen, buckle up, because today we're joined by a media juggernaut with the charisma to match. He's Michael Mackey. Not only is an eight-time regional Emmy winner, but he's also clocked in more than 25 years covering TV, advertising, corporate training, writing, and public speaking. Now, don't let all the on-screen energy fool you. He'll tell you he's a writer first and a peppy TV radio host second. Well, recently, Michael's ventured into the realm of personal branding at LJC, and he's here to spill the tea on that. His upcoming speech is uh, with the Freelance Exchange, which by the time you hear this show will have already probably happened, but that's not not material because we want to hear what he's going to tell them and what it's been like navigating the media landscape in the Kansas City area for more than two decades. I'm so pleased to welcome my old pal M Squared to the show. Michael, welcome to the Virtual Lounge. Hi, young man. How are you? That was quite Uh, the intro. I'll slip you 20 bucks later. That's That sounds good. good. I like that. You know, uh, we go way back and it's weird because you asked me a while back, you said, when did we first meet? And that was when you were hosting a morning show on Channel 41. And I came on. 47 years ago. Yes. Yeah. And it was a Halloween episode and you were dressed up like, you know, you know, uh, I think it was like Henry VIII as a ghoul or some sort of thing. And I was I was, just a- uh, I was a Victorian vampire. Look at That's you it. with the good memory. No, oh, dude, dude. How can I forget? Uh, being interviewed by an eight time Emmy winner. Give me a break. So or a Victorian vampire, whichever. Well, yeah, well, that's like every day. But anyway, so the point was, yes, though, we call it Thursday. Yes, <laughs> exactly. And you know what? It did not suck that interview. But um, bump. So Ba-dum-bum. Michael, you know, it's it's funny. We bump into each other every now and then. And we've talked a lot lately uh, because you're kind of nudging into my territory. It's so funny because, you know, I did a little broadcasting years ago, but I'm nudging more back into broadcasting with podcasting and some other stuff, whereas you're nudging in a more PR branding stuff. And that's one thing I've always liked about you is you are unafraid to try things. You're what we call an early adopter. Not only do you adopt it, however, you you make it work, don't you? I, I am a I'm a renaissance man. I'll, I'll try anything once and see if it <laughs> sticks. So it's kind of like my writing. I'll, I'll try any topic once and see what happens. So yeah, um, there's no, my, my whole mantra is no, saying no gets you nowhere. So that's why I always say yes to things. So did I know anything about the personal brand branding realm like a year ago? No, the answer is no, emphatically no. And now I'm completely up to speed on how uh, to make someone's online presence just that much better. So that's kind of what I've been doing for the last year. And I, I kind of dig it. Not only do I dig it, I'm good at it. 
Well, that's not a shock. So when you say the online presence, are you actively managing social media profiles? Are you blogging? What are you doing for people? You name it. I'm, I'm anything that has to do with sort of their online presence, whether that's thought leader videos, whether that's blogs, a lot of social media, a lot of LinkedIn, a lot of curating LinkedIn profiles and making sure that they are, you know, uh, reader friendly and um, convey the best possible version of them possible out into the universe. So that's, that's my motto. Yeah, it seems to me that um, a lot of people uh, you work with would likely be, tell me if I'm correct, these are generally probably very, what we would call high functioning, very busy people who want to make sure that, that they are um, reflected well by social media, etc, but don't have time to do it all. Is that fair? That is totally fair. I would say eight out of 10 are C-suite executives who simply need to get a toehold in the online market. Like, let's say they're known for being a CEO or a CFO or a CIO or a COO, pick an O, pick a C, pick an O. Um, but they just have, that is really what they're known for. They Outside of this title, they don't really have a personal brand per se. So, you know, some of them come when they want to have an exit strategy. Some want to come when they're trying to uh, sort of shake things up or rock the boat. And some just want to have more of an online presence, more of them. Some of them just want to have, you know, more followers or uh, things like that. So it's kind of a mixed bag. And then the other two out of 10 are professionals, everything from lawyers to mortgage brokers to professional chefs to, I mean, the list goes on and on. It's a lot of, it's a, it's a real big mixed bag. I just got off a call yesterday, believe it or not, with a prospect. And I can't say a lot right here, but maybe you, you and I will tell me, but have, then you would have to kill me. Well, exactto Fonzi. But I, I will say this. Um, the, the question was from his team was he's extremely busy. I'm just going to say C-suite executive. I won't even say the sector because, you know, for right now. But the point being, he's young. He's got a lot going on, but he's literally going all the time. But and they said to me, should he have some kind of social media presence? And I said, well, what, what are his goals? What does he want to do? He says, well, he wants to be recognized for his contributions to the industry, to thought leadership. I said, then yeah. But I that I said, here's the thing, and you're going to tell me if I screwed this up, okay? I said, you don't have to be on every platform. and But I would say, being on LinkedIn, if you want other people in the industry to recognize you, you want thought leadership, LinkedIn is at least the place to get started, get your feet wet. And, um, you know, and I said this, hire somebody who can help him curate um, his thoughts, hire somebody who can help him um, reach out to the people who need to see him and hear him. Did I give him some good basic first advice? That basic rudimentary advice from the ground up. Yeah, we and we do a lot of that. A lot of people have zero online presence and zero yeah. followers. And from my experience, LinkedIn is definitely the place to start if you want to, if you have a business or if you want to have, if you, if you want to appear more business savvy, like for example, I, this is just an example, but like agencies, like law firms or real estate companies or something where they have, you know, 90 different people. Well, somebody in that group wants to stand out from the crowd. So that is, that is usually how we take the, uh, the reins and help for lack of a better term, shamelessly, blatantly promote them with a bunch of nuance and strategy. And we really go in and try and dig deep and find out what they want, how they want to put their best face forward online. Do you 
find people get nervous in the process though because you're you're basically saying here's the keys to my persona have at it i mean tell me tell me a little bit about the checks and balances that you typically have with your clients about okay michael you know i know you're very funny but i don't necessarily want that kind of humor going on here you know what i'm saying how do you how do you arrange it getting their virtual likeness distilled into that right there's zero i've discovered there's zero gray area either they're a hundred percent in or they're a hundred percent gun shy and they second guess pretty much everything so it's it's the sometimes you have to handhold and sometimes you're given carte blanche there's no there's no middle ground so the pendulum swings one of two ways and you just kind of have to learn to finesse that and everybody every client is different every client has goals and every client has a you know what I work on is a customized, personalized strategy because my whole thing is, and this is what I gleaned when I started doing personal branding a hundred, you know, a year ago, is that it's the old adage where if a tree falls in the woods and no one hears it, did it really fall? Well, personal branding is like, if you do a bunch of really great stuff and no one knows about it, did it actually happen? So that's the kind of mentality that I'm working with. So. Yeah. And I would assume it's safe to say it's not for everybody. Maybe they get into it and they hear about it and they're like, I don't know, because it's, it's if I was doing this, I, I would have to check in with them on stuff a lot. And if they didn't have time to get back to me and really work with me a little bit on that, or do you feel like, no, the less I, once I get going, I know what I need to do. You know what I'm saying? I think that's what I'm trying to put myself in the role of somebody who might hire oh. you and what they might be thinking. And clients are completely... I mean, 100% of the time, completely vested in their uh, how they come across. It's just simply a matter of it takes me a hot minute to start speaking in their voice or get, you know, get sort of into their headspace before I launch a full blown campaign. But more times than not, I'm spot on just because I've sort of done my research and I've got a chance to meet them and I find out what makes them tick. And more importantly, what sort of persona do they have? Do they need to hone or finesse or curate it? And what does that look like? And so it's it's a whole behind the scenes strategy of just getting them followers and getting their name out there. I should hasten to mention that I, I imagine it doesn't matter. You can be behind the scenes of a male or female client because it's not a matter of uh, reaching a tone about their, you know, who they are in that regard. It's just the tone of who they are as a person and as a profession. Uh, and a lot of times that is the that's the happy medium. You have to find a personal balance with a professional balance, and sometimes you have to meet in the middle. So it's it's something that I have, like I said, I've gotten to be pretty good at. I think I've worked on about forty odd different clients here and there. And it, when I tell you, it is a gigantic mixed bag. Like no day, no two days are the same. None, right, zero right. ever. Thanks for playing. That leads me to my next question, because, okay, we've already mentioned this, writer, broadcaster, um, and now you're a personal branding guru. So how do you balance these multiple identities? And and are there skills that, you know, you can kind of transfer across all these roles to your betterment? Well, this, this job at LJC sort of encompasses everything that I've ever done in my entire life, ever, into like one little convenient package. So I there some days I'm a full-blown writer, some days I'm uh directing video shoots, sometimes I'm just doing their online branding. So it's a real mixed bag of like I said and I hate to use that term so much, but a lot of times that's exactly what it is. Yeah. So I get to use all of my skills all at once all this at the same time, 9 out of 10 times. How many celebrities have you probably interviewed your entire career? All of them. 
No, even me, even me. Well, that you were at the top of my list. So yes, <laughs> there have been a lot. I've interviewed a lot of celebrities and it's getting to the point where I'm starting to interview some of them twice. So it's kind of become a running gag. Like next week, um, Tim Meadows, who was on Saturday night live, right? Uh, yeah. he was on the show. 2000 years ago he was on Kansas City Live 2000 years ago and now he's coming back to do more stand-up so this will be my second interview with him so which yeah. which literally is like I my little tagline on LinkedIn is you name the celebrity I've probably interviewed them twice so twice. That's, yeah yeah it's two m's twice the interviews but but twice. so where do these interviews pop for people who don't know where do these interviews pop up I write a lot for the pitch. I do a lot of celeb interviews also on michaelmackey.com, which is my personal website. So it's uh, that is uh, a really fun outlet for me. I became an accidental entertainment reporter 100 years ago because I was at a TV station in Des Moines where no reporter wanted and wanted to touch entertainment they all wanted to do hard news if it bleeds it leads they wanted to do the crime reports and i could not possibly care less if a building was on fire i was excited when like joanne Worley walked in you know off the street because she was doing some sort of like dinner theater or something so that was kind of and that's how i got my start is literally just being in the right place at the right time and having no reporters in the newsroom who wanted to touch Sherman Hemsley from the Jeffersons or it just it's it's in it's inconceivable how many celebrities I've interviewed well you're obviously moving on up like Sherman did but you know the thing I was <laughs> but you know what it's funny you say that nobody wanted to touch entertainment now it seems like everybody on TV wants to be in entertainment yeah am I wrong about that what because that leads me to where I wanted to go it's like you did this for a long time you're still got a foot in that that world how has the business changed since you were on TV every day what do you think uh, well, it has become a lot more like I wasn't quite the social media guru that I am today, uh, just because I, I didn't really put as much time, effort and energy into it as I do today. But now I really realize the power of social media and, you know, my following or, you know, I'm not a mega Uber influencer or anything, but I have quite a few followers on all the platforms. And so I, I think I've put the effort, energy into it and sort of curated my own little personal brand which is a good mix of me and celebrity stuff it also helps to be on you know on kmbz filling in on dana and parks which keeps my profile at the zenith of all kansas city media that's funny though so you have done it all you print radio podcasting tv you've done it all do you think social media is that really it now is that the place where people go as far as you're concerned to get you know entertainment get information where do you think people go nowadays because 25 years ago it was tv and newspapers it ain't anymore is it oh i can't remember the last time i actually watched like local news that's probably that's that's on me and i'm sorry to say that but i spend my life pretty much online which is not ironic because that's what I'm doing for my clients too. So I could, when I tell you I spend all day on LinkedIn, I'm not even kidding. So it's, <laughs> I have become Mr. Link, all LinkedIn all the time. Is there like a memorable story or a lesson from your career that, that our listeners could benefit from? Like whether it's a pitfall to avoid or a mantra to live by, you know, just something like that. that and, and that could just be about your personal branding, especially. Uh, anything that you just like, you should know this. I jokingly say, and I said this earlier in the podcast, I said how 
never say no to anything. Never. Right. Right. Just say yes. Say yes, because no gets you nowhere. And if someone goes out of their way to invite you to something, you go gladly. I would go to the opening of an envelope if someone invited me. So that's my whole thing. So never say no and just show up because, you know, if you're not there, you don't have some sort of presence in the room. And sometimes I just go for 15 minutes, kiss babies and shake hands. But you know what? I made an appearance. I went out of my way. They took the time to invite me. I'm going to show up. I think that's great. And, and speaking of showing up, so I w- probably won't get this on the air before then, but what are you going to talk to the freelance exchange folks about? You know, it's funny. I said I was well-versed on a litany of subjects and mm-hmm. we sort of narrowed it down to funny, like I just mentioned, my year of yes. I don't know if your podcasters know, but uh, um, uh, several years ago, I about keeled over dead from a stroke. I had a pretty massive stroke. And after I recovered, I decided that for an entire year when I, when I recovered and got out of the hospital, that I was not going to say no to one damn thing, no matter what that was, unless it was illegal. And then I would say yes, emphatically instead of, I'm kidding, but it really made a huge difference in how I lived my life, which up until my stroke, I was just sort of going through the motions and phoning life in. And then I really realized, Ooh, I almost died. I got to make the most of this life. And so no matter what anybody asked me, Michael, do you want to go skydiving? I'd be like, normally the old me would have been like, no, I don't want to go. And so I was forced to say, yes. Do you want to go whitewater rafting? No. Yes. So things like that. And it turned out to be the best year of my life. And so I've kept that, I've kept that mantra alive. I love your positivity, Michael. You've always been so great with me, and I appreciate that. Real, uh, right really, I promise you. you. Second to last question: uh, the uh, the year of yes is that uh, I, I've heard tell that you might be working on a book, and I'm just I know it's not out, and you're you're still working on it. But was that something to do with the book, or what's the book about? The book is about uh, it's kind of a uh, and it's oddly done. I'm just on the prowl for some literary representation. Around, it huh? is yeah. a very delightfully humorous look about the life of a um i i say i call myself an unlikely celebrity reporter uh uh-huh. so that's what the book is about all the behind the scenes shenanigans of interview of you name the celebrity i've probably interviewed them and i t- i kind of go in depth about all the people i've interviewed and so every every celeb has not every celeb but there are quite a few there're probably about 20 so it's a very humorous take on how I got my start in being an entertainment reporter and what that's like. Oh my God, somebody's got to snap that up. You know, I'll, I'll on my book show, I'll mention that on my book show to some of the agents out there who need to get smart and go check out uh, Mike's book and get him a deal. Hey, Michael, yeah, give uh, me a deal, Alex. There's I'm working, I'm working, brother. I'm working. Yeah, well, we'll see. I, I want an autographed copy if I get you that deal. The other thing I was going to say, folks, if you want to get in touch with Michael, there's going to be links in the show notes uh, at your podcast aggregator or at PRAfterHours.com. And Michael, seriously, if they want to hire you at, L, at uh, Lillian James, where, how do they get a hold of you? Is that all in the links that you gave me to put on there? Or? Uh, yeah, or just go to LillianJamesCreative.com and, uh, or just drop me an email. Whatever, wh- whatever works for you and I'll get the ball rolling. Especially Biggest. if you need to have more of an online presence or build your online presence. We'll talk. Well, who doesn't need that? And you're I good mean, hands with M squared here. Last question. It's the biggest question. I've been saving up. So excited to ask you, oh, where, you keep your, where you keep your Emmys. Oh, they're on. I'm looking at them right now. They're on my mantle of my fireplace. 
and I have installed track lighting above them so that a beam of light from God will shine down upon them at all hours of the day and night. I interviewed an Oscar winner in my other show, and uh, he didn't want to answer the question. I was like, okay, it must be very personal between you and Oscar. Uh, Michael Mackey. Probably in the bathroom. They're probably in the bathroom. That's where a probably. lot of people keep their Oscars. <laughs> he is, as I as I promised, no false advertising, the media juggernaut with charisma and a match. My friend, Michael Mackey, thank you so much for joining us here in the virtual lounge. Thanks, Alex. Appreciate you. Hey, listeners, are you considering new ways to build awareness for yourself, your clients, your brand, your business? Might I suggest the podcast option? The podcast option is actually my new ebook available exclusively on Amazon.com. In this fast reading book, I give you the benefit of my 15 years podcasting and broadcasting experience with stories, practical tips, and advice from hundreds of hours I've spent as a podcast host, producer, and guest. The podcast option is mandatory reading for those new to podcasting and a welcome addition to the Veteran Podcasters Library. You can get the podcast option, tips and tricks to make podcasting work for you exclusively on Amazon.com, or you can click on the link in the show notes or visit PRAfterHours.com. The podcast option, I hope you will choose it. You know what that means. It's last call here at the Virtual Lounge. Be sure to visit PRAfterHours.com for links to what we discussed in this episode and more. Be sure to follow us wherever you get your podcasts. And join us next time for another round at PR After Hours with Alex Greenwood.